Huge here. I want to thank you for jumping on our podcast. Spread the word. Just tell everybody to search The Huge Show wherever they download podcasts. And also, get ready for the Super Bowl. Get in on the action. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use that code HUGE. Chris Ballas from the Wolverine.com. V. Michigan Insider is standing by in the Roast Umber Coffee guest sign. How you doing, my man? I'm a little tired, brother, but uh, plowing through. What a night, huh? Yeah, for you, uh, an obvious perfect evening that they take care of business. Even when it was a close game, it didn't feel like a close game. Michigan left some points on the board. J.J., similar theme to Alabama, uh, maybe too jacked up, wasn't sharp, but he found a way to make plays late to put the game away. The O-line was dominating. The defense was dominating. Uh, it, everything about this team all season long was showcased last night. Yeah, the fun part about it is the, the coping mechanisms from the fans, right, of other schools, the Michigan State fans, the Ohio State fans, the Astros, so on and so forth. I talked to Santa Ono last night on the field, Michigan president, and he goes, you know, that narrative has changed. So you don't hear it anymore on the shows. When you win that many games in a row, you pounded the hell out of Michigan State, right, the first game afterwards, and everybody thought, oh, it's going to be a distraction. That game could have been 70 to nothing. You go to Penn State without your head coach, you play Ohio State without your head coach, then you beat Alabama in the Rose Bowl in Washington, and uh, and Washington deserved to be there. And one of the narratives I've heard is that, oh, they didn't have to play that team like Georgia or, you know, the outstanding team, the, the one team that nobody wants to play. Well, you know why? Because they were that team this year, Bill. What did they average, 10 points a game against them, I think? That defense was outstanding. And as Jesse Minner said to me, Michigan's defensive coordinator in the locker room, he said, you know, he said, all week long, all I heard about was Washington's receivers and their quarterback. And I'm like, aren't you going to ask me about my guys? Because they're pretty damn good. And you saw that last night. The game plan's outstanding. He's going to be an NFL coordinator likely next year. He told me he loves Michigan. He says, it's not, I'm not going to talk about my future. All I'm going to do is be a reference for these kids going forward. But you want to talk about one happy locker room after everything they overcame. It was, uh, it was pretty remarkable. Yeah, how about the men or defense? Uh, Robert Myers sent out this tweet that I retweeted last night. Got Penn State's offensive coordinator fired, got OSU to turn on their QB, held Heisman runner-up to 13 points, held 12 of 15 opponents under 20 points, held all opponents under 25 points, talking about the Michigan defense. Yeah, they didn't blitz much last night, and he knew what he had to do. You know, everybody – it was Don Brown was the exact opposite when he was defensive coordinator here. You know, you solve your problems with aggression – Sometimes there's a way to solve your problems by confusing people, and he mixed up his defenses better than everybody. All the guys said the same thing, though. When you talk about, oh, it was not what they did, it was what we did. Michael Penix last night, you know what, we we lost it, they didn't win it type of thing. Well, when you're getting pounded with a four-man front, and let's be honest, Kenneth Grant about killed him on one play, the big Michigan defensive tackle, and your defensive backs are, are – doing such a great job in coverage. It doesn't matter who they bring in here. They bring in a transfer from UMass, and Josh Wallace had a great game. Your, your MVP is a cornerback who's a sophomore playing against those receivers. An unbelievable interception to start the second half, and Will Johnson and Mike Sainris, but what can you say about him? A former three-star wide receiver who goes to defensive back in his last two years and is an absolute stud. He'll go down as a Michigan legend, and I, I mean that. I mean, everybody... Did Chris's phone just die? It sounded like it, Brett. Call him back, please. I know the click when someone's phone dies and he's down in Houston. You know he's been on that thing, charging it up left and right. Chris Ballas from TheWolverine.com will reconnect with him post-Michigan National Championship celebration. They had the press conference this morning. 
Also, Anthony Broom will join us before the end of the hour. From the Wolverine.com, John Borden, senior columnist. Doug Skeen texted me after the game. So happy to watch dominating performances by the Michigan O-line and D-line. Skeen does the podcast with Chris Ballas, the Michigan football podcast at the Wolverine.com. Chris is back with us. Yeah, I, I mentioned that um, Skeen right after the game said the lines were just amazing, both sides. Yeah, and that's where you're going to win football games. Remember, everybody was so sick of Lloyd Carr football and man ball and everything. And when you play complimentary football like that, to me, there's no better football. When you are controlling the games up front and you've got teams going for fourth downs in the second quarter at midfield because they're going to get run out of a football game because they can't get movement up front and they can't stop your running game, there's no better football to me. And what Donovan Edwards was able to do early on in that game, they went to a duo scheme. They started vertically blocking a little bit more and letting the, the running backs read the linebackers and a couple of the cuts that Edwards made. He wasn't real patient on the first one, uh, but it worked out. The second one, you could just see the vision and the speed. We've been waiting to see that all year. But uh, And think about this, Bill. They did it without Zach Sinner, their best offensive lineman. You put Trent a. Jones in there, Carson Barnhart goes back to right guard, and they had their best two games of the year, in my opinion, in the last two games of the year in terms of Pass protection against Alabama and then running the ball against uh, against Washington last night. And I talked to those guys. I talked to Ladarius Henderson, who came here from Arizona State. He goes, you know, I played in the Pac-12 for a long time. And he said, I knew what uh, that they weren't prepared for what we were bringing. And he was absolutely right. Uh, they really cheated up some safeties in the second and third quarter. I didn't think Michigan adjusted as well. But they always seem to make plays. And McCarthy always seems to make plays when it's time to put the game away. And when you got a couple of backs like that, including Blake Corum, you're going to be able to move the ball on the ground. And uh, they, you know, they saved their best for last. Bill, you got to give him credit. Chris Ballas of the Wolverine.com, the Michigan Insider, joining us on the Roast Umber Coffee guest line from Houston. Uh, the morning and afternoon after Michigan celebrates as 2023 college football champions, just great work on both sides. Could have capitalized on some more points late second quarter, uh, but. A uh, win is a win, and just get the W. Final game of the year. Uh, questions were asking the audience, and obviously they're the greatest one-year team in Michigan football history, but I took it a step further last night after thinking about it post-game that based on what they went through on the field, off the field, looking at the quality wins they accumulated over the year, how they were complete on both sides of the ball, that this, in my mind, is the best single-season college football team I've ever seen. Yeah, when Paul Feinbaum is saying something similar, then you know that you're probably right. And what they had to overcome, and everybody say, oh, they're playing the victim here because they were cheating and so on and so forth. I don't think, I think it's unprecedented what they've been through this year in terms of the NCAA coming at them in season for two separate incidents, right? You've got this cheeseburger thing that costs them three games, which is absurd. And then you've got the sign gate deal. So that's six games that you don't have your head coach and you have to turn to your your offensive coordinator, Sharon Moore, who will be a head coach soon enough. And uh, to win at Penn State and then to, to beat Ohio State, two, two top ten teams, uh, was remarkable. For them to be able to keep their focus and the, this group of veterans, uh, Trevor Keegan last night, watching him on the field and talking to him after the game, he didn't want to take his uniform off. And you could just sense... Uh, it was kind of relief. Uh, it was almost, you know what, more a sense of, man, uh, did we really do this? In fact, that's exactly what J.J. McCarthy 
when he came out of the locker room to go to the interview room, was saying in the tunnel, he said, man, we just won the natty. He was talking to himself, man, I think we just won the natty. And uh, talked to his dad on the field, said the same thing. It almost didn't feel real. So I'm with you, Bill. Uh, what they've overcome and what they were able to accomplish with all that noise is pretty much unprecedented. You mentioned, Chris, that you're on the field post game, and Santa Ono, who's a huge sports fan, supporter of Harbaugh, president yeah. at the University of Michigan, did he say anything about the contract that's reportedly on the table? Yeah, he did. He said he's going to do whatever he can to keep Jim Harbaugh here, and he says, you know what, I will respect his decision, whatever. He said, I, I like him more as a man than I do as a coach and what he's done with his team and these kids, and he said, I he does leave, then the Michigan tradition will go on, and we will we will continue to pursue greatness. But uh, it's clear, uh, he, as I think I told you a couple of days ago or three or four days ago, he had lunch or breakfast with Jim Harbaugh a couple of weeks ago and said, let him know exactly how badly he wanted him here. He has started really fundraising with Ward Manual. He's taken Ward Manual with him to these different places. Again, with the biggest donors now, they are all on the same page. We wrote an article about this the other day. They raised about $4 million in four days, which was about half of their goal, which is what it's going to take to keep some of these kids here because there are other programs out there, Bill, and speaking to some of the guys at the Champion Circle Collective that are trying to poach the Michigan kids as they're getting ready for the championship game. Uh, can you believe that? Where's the NCAA now? You know, all you, you should make a phone call here, in my opinion, if you're these, some of these kids and say, hey, look, you know, one of these SEC teams or one of these future Big Ten teams is calling my kid and uh, trying to poach him here two days before the game. But no, I guess they got other things on their plate. But um, really fantastic, man. A, a great story. And I do believe that Jim Harbaugh will listen. And there are other teams out there. I'm not sure if it'll be the Chargers. Some people say they don't think that's going to be a fit, that they might not pay him enough money. But uh, in the end, you know, it's going to be up to him. I know he loves it here with his family. And, and we know his wife likes, likes Ann Arbor and loves Ann Arbor now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's interesting with the NIL money from the Under Armour game where the players are talking openly about how much money they're getting from schools to all this. And then you get Harbaugh and reportedly somebody with an iPhone uh, videotaping signs and a cheeseburger and it's a borderline military unit taking over Ann Arbor or a SWAT team uh, putting Harbaugh in handcuffs with the Big Ten. It's the biggest joke I've ever seen. And you know why they went after him? Because Harbaugh summed it up today in that championship press conference this morning that you were at in Houston where yep. he said uh, the players need to share in the revenue. And you can just do the easy math on why the NCAA, the Big Ten, uh, why they're going after uh, Harbaugh by he's the only coach openly calling for this. While the other coaches all get their seven, eight, nine, ten million per year, they don't care. Harbaugh does. And the NCAA and the Big Ten want him gone. And he stands right up to him. He wins the natty last night. And he says there needs to be a revenue share for the players. This yeah, morning. and not only that, he said we're innocent. He said, number one, we don't care, we're innocent. Talking to Trevor Keegan, he said, I'm not in college anymore, so I'll come in, out and say it. I don't give a bleed, he said. And he said, you can quote me on that. And uh, it was fascinating listening to Harbaugh because when he was talking to his kids and he was talking about the revenue sharing at the press conference again this morning, he looked over to Will Johnson on his left and Blake Corum on his right, and he said, you know what, maybe you, you might have to unionize. So he brought up that word, and I can only imagine – the bristling that went on in the NCAA offices when he brought that up because it's only a matter of time, Bill, and we all know it, but 
uh, it's time for some of these other coaches to get on board too. So, but yeah, all this whole sign stealing stuff that everybody's you know, clutching their pearls about now. Let's be honest, that narrative has been shot to hell after you go and you win six games like that in, in dominant fashion and some of them and you beat the best teams in the country. It's time to let that go, folks. And to wrap up our conversation, Harbaugh, when he stood on the podium last night after winning the national championship, talked about every single Michigan player they brought on a jumbo jet from Ann Arbor to Houston, 100 men, as he addressed them. And I'm looking at a photo from Janelle Kudzall and Bryson Kudzall, my son ace block for him last year at Ada Forest Hills Eastern High School. He was a preferred walk-on this year. And there's Bryson on the stage holding the trophy, getting a snapshot. He's number 41. I don't know if he has a future plan for Michigan, but the year he experienced, the hard work he put in, as Harbaugh referenced, just like every other player, uh, year-round. And the way Harbaugh paid tribute to all 100 players uh, really summed up what I believe Harbaugh is all about when I saw that photo because I follow the Cudsall family on Facebook and they follow me and Bryson is a great dude, was one of the fastest kids in the state last year. I don't know if there's a future for him, but he worked hard. Most importantly, uh, working on a degree as a freshman at Michigan, and who knows what the future will hold. I'll never count out that kid, but for Harbaugh to give those players and their families the same respect he gave J.J. Corum, Edwards, Keegan, and the big boys says what Michigan football is all about. Yeah, and Roman Wilson said the same thing, Michigan senior receiver, last week when I talked to him at the Rose Bowl, and I asked about NIL, and he said, yeah, I'm doing okay, but you know what? Some of these other guys, they're in the weight room with me at 6 a.m. I don't care if you're a walk-on or who you are. They deserve to get paid, too. They're doing every single thing I'm doing, and just because maybe they're not starting or they're not playing doesn't mean that they shouldn't get theirs as well. So things are changing, Bill. There's no question about it, but the most miraculous thing about it really is that a lot of these guys weren't getting what some of their counterparts at other schools were and they never complained they stayed together all they wanted to do was win for each other this was a throwback team joel clatt has said the same thing the fox analyst and when i talked to mentor last night in the locker room he said it is unbelievable he said you just don't see that anymore special teams like that he said this is the most special group of kids that i've ever been around players that i've ever been around and he'll be in nfl dc it wouldn't surprise me at all if he's an nfl head coach someday but uh, you know, and even he said, you know what, I wanted to win this one for my dad. He said, going back to 1993, when he was coaching, he said they got, kind of got robbed of a of a national championship at the school he was at. And he said, and uh, going into the year, he said, I didn't tell him, but this was one that I really wanted to win for him. And his dad was ends up being his linebackers coach. So these guys were so selfless. And you look at the, you talk to the coaches, you talk to the players, and, you know, the whole narrative about the cheating and all that crap, uh, you know what, they, they've blown that thing to bits. Finally, uh, J.J. McCarthy, to me, uh, hasn't looked ready for the NFL the last couple of weeks, and that was the 94th-ranked defense, and he uh-huh. just wasn't sharp. But he made plays when he had to, and I like the runs that helped Michigan put the game away. I don't think he's ready for the NFL. You mentioned the new collective and the millions raised to try and keep yep. people like J.J. Uh, in Ann Arbor. I would think he's coming back. I don't see him as a first-round pick, but I'm not an NFL scout. Yeah, and I think if Jim Harbaugh were to go somewhere where they were going to draft somebody, and I think he would draft J.J. McCarthy. I really do. Uh, I believe that. Now, two things about this. This is an average group of receivers, and I'm not ripping on these kids, but if you look at some of the receivers around the country, if if J.J. McCarthy had that group of receivers from Washington, for example, or Ohio State's receivers, 
this kid would probably be pretty phenomenal. Now, uh, a lot of the times there's just not the separation that you need. And, uh, the, you know, he's used the tight ends quite a bit because Colston Loveland is that guy that is uh, that can get that separation. But So I think he'll be better in that situation when he gets with better receivers, number one. But uh, number two, you know what? Uh, I agree with you in some instances here that um, he's not polished. He's not seeing the field like he would be with another year in the system at the same time if he were to go to the right place as a first-round pick late in the first round or something like that, one of these places where they can ease him in uh, like they did with the, the kid at Green Bay following Aaron Rodgers and everything else, then then I think he would be successful. But the flat out, the guy just wins. And uh, people like winners, and I think he's lost, what, three games I think, in his entire career going back to high school. That's pretty remarkable. Is Harbaugh gone? Because I agree with you. If Harbaugh gets to a spot where he'd have an extra first-round pick or could trade up and give up something to yeah. get J.J., he would do it. Is Harbaugh, was that his last game last night as a Michigan head coach? It is hard to say. I don't think that there is one. I think the Chargers aren't a good fit, according to somebody I talked to, because of what they want to pay and what Jim Harbaugh wants, and that's really not the type of owner that would generally take a a shot on a guy like Jim Harbaugh. But there are going to be other jobs opening up, like you mentioned. And at this point, Jim Harbaugh has proven himself to be one of the best coaches in the history of football. And that's not overstating it. If you look at what he's accomplished in the NFL at the collegiate level, and now he's a national champion, you'd be foolish not to hire him or at least try to hire him. It doesn't make any sense other than the fact that he's been blackballed probably by the San Francisco organization, and and he's tough to work with. There's no question about it. But if you want to win, you're going to take a chance on Jim Harbaugh, and I think he probably will get an opportunity. We'll see what matters most to him and if he feels like it's a good fit. Chris, outstanding work, uh, unbelievable run uh, by Michigan, and it really began with the loss to TCU, uh, the focus on getting back there, yeah. well, a focus on winning a third straight Big Ten title, beating Ohio State along the way was part of it, then winning uh, the semifinal game and winning the natty, and they got it, and the trophy will be on its way back to Ann Arbor. Unbelievable celebration, I would think. Are you hearing anything, what they're going to do, or will they do anything connected to the fans and celebrating back in Ann Arbor? Yeah, it sounds like there will be a parade on Saturday. I don't think it's officially been announced yet. Probably going to be cold and a little bit snowy, from what I understand right here in Houston. It's about 60 degrees and sunny. But uh, getting back there, the last parade I went to in 1997 it was about four degrees outside, I think, uh, and that I, there were still a couple hundred thousand people there, I think. So uh, I would expect a great turnout for that, and that tentatively is what they have planned. Is that a parade through uh, downtown Ann Arbor? Ann Arbor. Yeah. yeah, it'll be Ann Arbor, and they'll close off the streets. And uh, are they saying the a day? Parade. Is it like next Monday, probably, or what are they thinking? No, I think I think Saturday is what they said in the, initially. Yeah. So and stay away um, from the businesses we'll, being open. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. yeah. We'll find out, but uh, we'll let you know for sure, Bill. Thank you. Parade updates on the hour with Chris Ballas and the Wolverine.com team. <laughs> and weather. Weather and parade. Yeah, you are. You're covered it all. You're like the Jim Cantori of the Wolverine.com. <laughs> Stay out of trouble tonight. I know you got one more night in Houston, which sounds like the we making do. of Hangover 5, okay? Yeah, that's fine with me. We're going to a cigar bar, and we're going to celebrate uh, well-deserved my crew, the best in the business, as you know. Yeah, good stuff, Chris. Thank you so much. Thanks, Billy.